Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Team Building Podcast. This is Matt Johnson. Sadly, Jeff cannot join us today, but we've got a killer guest who's going to do just as good a job as Jeff would have done anyway, because we've got Chris Waters here. uh, And we're going to talk about how to fill, systematically fill your recruiting bench, uh, basically recruit the best people. But not just that, we're going to talk about how to recruit the recruiter. Um, So Chris has a full-time recruiter on his team, and we're going to talk about how he found him, trained him, onboarded him, what that guy's personality profile is, what his role is on the team, and then all the systems that are built around him that make him successful. And then we'll also dive into Chris's late newest book that's coming out, uh, The Million Dollar Real Estate Team, right? Yep, you got it. Cool. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the uh, the history behind his team a little bit. We'll get into that in the second half. So first of all, Chris, let's jump in. How are you? Good, man. Appreciate you having me on. Um, I look forward to uh, kind of spilling the beans on <laughs> what we do to build, build our team and um, kind of our recruiting process. So Cool. Um, well, let's start with, um, let's start with the basics. Just where are you guys at? Where's the foundation team and what does that team look like? So our primary, um, so we have an independent brokerage here in Austin, Texas. And, um, even though we're a brokerage, we don't just have an open door policy and like hire every single real estate agent that comes to us. Right. Um, so it's definitely, it's run more like the team model. So, you know, think inside sales, buyer agents, listing agents, um, transaction coordinators, et cetera. Um, so that's kind of the, the model we implement. Um, our team here in Austin will do somewhere between um, six and 700 transactions. We're on pace to do somewhere between six, 700 transactions this year. And um, we have a, a expansion team um, that we set up in Amarillo, which is like nine hours north of us. That was our first go at um, expansion. And um, we partnered with this amazing agent in um, Amarillo, which is a small town north of Dallas, Texas. Okay. And uh, started with her about two years ago. And uh, in her first full year, she grew 300%, did just shy of 100 deals. Nice. Um, it was freaking awesome. And, um, <laughs> and then we found another guy that we partnered with in San Antonio. And basically, like both these people had kind of hit a ceiling from like a production perspective, and they didn't really know how to grow beyond that. And so we kind of helped provide the roadmap, the coaching, the tools, and all the ingredients to bake the cake of a successful team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, our, um, I guess as a company as a whole, like between our three teams, and I, I use the word team, I think loosely because I know the definition of team, like in the industry, is right. you've got a real estate shop underneath somebody else's brokerage. Right. Uh, that's not really how it, how it works for us, but, um, it's just, it's a team environment. So, um, but I think as a whole, like, uh, we'll probably do, you know, somewhere between 900 and a thousand transactions. Um, and most of those being obviously out of, uh, Austin. And, um, I started the team back in uh, the summer of 2010. Um, just, being totally ignorant, not knowing what I was getting myself into. I was just, um, in a pretty sweet spot. I was generating more leads than I could handle and recruiting became a necessity to work right. inbound leads coming in. So cool. Very cool. Stop me at any we're... point, by the way, man, I feel like I don't want to have diarrhea of the mouth. So <laughs> no, that's a good, because it gives people a good kind of jumping off point. There's two, two quick clarifying questions that I know people are going to ask. Number one, 
for the for the number of deals that you're producing, how big is the team in Austin? So last year, um, you know, we did uh, close to 500 deals in Austin, and um, we had um, two list two full time listing agents. All they did were go on listing appointments. Um, we had a inside salesperson that was booking the appointments and taking inbound calls and booking those appointments, and then we had. Um, a total of eight or nine buyers agents. And then I had a, um, my transaction management team and like backend marketing team basically looks like a listing manager and three transaction coordinators. Um, one for the buy side, two for the listing side. And then I had kind of like a guy that, um, was head of the transaction team, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, um, I also had somebody that was head of the sales team. And then I kind of was like, okay. you know, wore the hat of CEO, CMO, you know, CTO, you know, I was managing those kind of high level activities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually it was just, uh, until last year, like we started putting, you know, more people in place. So now we have like a director of sales. We have a director of lead generation, uh, director of operations. Um, we actually, uh, outsource like the finance side. So this was mm-hmm. a really cool thing. Maybe I know this has nothing to do with recruiting, but yeah. Aha that I had um, a year ago was there are some amazing resources out there with like CFOs that work on a consulting basis that have like a vast amount of experience in the, mm-hmm. um, you know, in a, in a CFO role. And so I found this company that ha- offered consultants that um, were super high level CFOs and you basically pay per hour. And so they help you nice. build like pro formas in budgets. So you can be really disciplined to your financial metrics. Okay. So like, we've got somebody on our team we work with super closely, uh, you know, it's kind of like a coach and partner uh, for the CFO role. And then um, we've got several different people that kind of oversee the marketing side, depending on what it is for us. Um, you know, our director of lead generation is kind of, uh, you know, the one that ultimately he's got all the responsibility um, for the marketing side, but he worked with like multiple vendors, you know, like viral marketing and different mm-hmm. lead generation tools, you know, that help manage different um, things for us. Hmm. So how, how long ago was it? How long ago was it that you gave up that role? So those very high level roles, um, I literally gave those up about seven months ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so like I had a, um, I had a buyer agent team leader and I had a, you know, kind of head of transaction management, mm-hmm. but I was, you know, still like, again, you think about a fortune 500 company, you got like CMO, CEO, like, you know, head of sales, all those, you know, executive kind of tasks from a high level perspective, like I was doing all of those things. And, um, you know, now like I'm, I'm only in charge of like the strategic direction and, um, reviewing our quarterly tactical operating priorities, like make sure we're prioritizing the most important things to get us where we need to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, I spent like the better half of last year putting in like key leadership. And I think that was probably one of my biggest ahas uh, in developing a team is, you know, you've, as you're recruiting people, you want to find your future leaders of your organization. Right. Um, because it's just, you're not going to have like long-term work-life balance and like get out of the weeds of running a business. If you're, you know, wearing the hat of all these different roles. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I spent, um, the better half of last year, like, you know, putting those people in place and, um, training them and shadowing and Mm -hmm. uh, letting them, you know, uh, follow me and just kind of leading by example for them. Uh, so yeah. 
That's awesome, man. Yeah, I was going to say that's uh, typically, I mean, that's especially the lead generation and marketing is one of the very, very, very last things you give up, if ever. Um, I mean, we know we both know Frank real well from Viral. Um, that is, he will never give that up, right? Yeah. It's it just not, it, that's never going to happen. That's what he's passionate about. And so yeah. he is and always will be the director of lead generation for his business. That's just, mm-hmm. that's the way he's, uh, the, the way he is. But um, so let's get into the uh, the recruiting piece a little bit and then we'll dive into to some of the other team stuff. So on the recruiting side, how long has that like, been an established role? And let's go back to the point where you were doing it all. And what did that look like compared to what it looks like now? Yep. So um, basically like uh, summer of 2010, I'm generating massive leads and I just put my head down and started becoming like a recruiting ninja. I was just mm. on the phone, hammering the phone, calling agents and I was calling agents that were really experienced because I wasn't that experienced of an agent. I was like 25 at the time. Yeah. I was like 25 years old. And so like, I didn't have that much experience as an agent. And so, you know, I wanted to find people that knew the industry, knew all the technical stuff, didn't require a lot of training or handholding. And I would provide them the leads and they'd go out and close the deals. And so I recruited 15 salespeople just basically by, I mean, being a, cold calling, you know, machine, um, yeah. prospecting agents and saying, Hey, my name's Chris Waters. I've got a, a, a company here in Austin. I'm in a unique position. Um, I th- thought I'd throw an opportunity at you. Do you have any interest in growing your business any further? Um, and just, you know, ask them, you know, and most people ask them that question. And most people are like, yeah, I'd love to grow my business more. And I'm like, cool. You know, um, I've got more leads than I can handle. When's a good time for us to sit down and meet Do mornings or afternoons work better. It's like mm-hmm. super basic script, super simple. And like, you know, lots of people told me no. And it was just a numbers game, just like prospecting. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, my, I, um, within a matter of 90 days, I recruited, uh, 15 people. Okay. Um, 14 of those were the absolute, um, worst, you know, decisions I've made from a recruiting perspective. And I made all my mistakes with all those people. Okay. Uh, and so basically, you know, to make a long story short, a year goes by and I've got these 15 salespeople that are crazy experienced. Like some, there were like two people on the team that had been in the industry longer than I had been alive. Right. And, you know, I was also actively producing. I was going on appointments, working with buyers and sellers. And, um, a year goes by and our team sold, I think, again, like 15 people. This is what is ludicrous. We had like, yeah, 15 people plus me and an admin person. And um, I think we sold like like between 90 and 100 houses in that 12-month period. Mm-hmm. And I sold just short of like 40 homes. And I was like, dude, what is going on? What is wrong? You know? And okay. so... Um, you know, speaking of the book, my, um, my co-author, Brad, he was literally one of those 15 people. He's the only person. He's the only one left. <laughs> and, yes. Yeah. And so I went to Brad and I was like, Brad, I, after a year of having this team, I was like, or brokerage, whatever. I was like, we got to burn this down. Like this does not work. Like I just couldn't, you know, you know, if you run a big box brokerage, it's like an agent count game. It's all about having right. as many agents as humanly possible. And like, it just drove me nuts. Like the mediocrity of just mm-hmm. having people on the team. And like, they were performing, you know, like the average agent. Now, I didn't know at the time that the average agent only sold like five to six homes a year. Like that didn't, I didn't understand that back in 2010. And I didn't know that. Okay. And so like, they were all performing like, you know, the average yeah, agent out they're there. doing what they do. But in my mind, it was like, dude, what is wrong with these agents? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't they perform at a higher level? And so I went to Brad and I was like, dude, we got to burn this down, man. Like you're the only one performing, like between the two of us, we sold like 80 of these 90 some odd deals. Okay. And so I said, Brad, you know, will you, would you be interested in being a uh, team leader for the buy side of the business? And I'll focus on the listing side. Sure. 
So, um, I basically showed Brad what I was doing for recruiting. Like literally, you know, nobody knew who I was. I was super young, like neither one of us, me or Brad. And, um, we, you know, I showed Brad how I just would pick up the phone and start calling people and saying, you know, Hey, I've got an opportunity for you. I've got more leads than I can handle. Are you interested in growing your business? Like super simple script. And, um, so I taught Brad that, and then he started going out and implementing and doing the same thing. Um, just prospecting agents, getting them on the phone, having face-to-face meetings, coffee, whatever. And, um, so he slowly started building the, um, buyer agent uh, team. And I just focused on the listing side and, you know, Brad and I were super close. Like we were, you know, going back, we were always obviously talking and communicating about things that worked and what didn't work. And, um, you know, we tried so many different things on the recruiting side and like, you know, trying to identify people that were going to work out and like be amazing. And Mm -hmm. basically, um, I mean, you know, uh, the show's not long enough to tell you about all my failures. Cause like, honestly, <laughs> I, I feel yeah, like, it's a limit it to the top one or two, basically. Yeah. I mean, Charlie, Charlie Munger style. Yeah. Like the exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love that guy, by the way, Charlie Munger. Yeah. Um, he's got some amazing uh, YouTube footage with him and Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, Brad and I like, dude, we tried everything. Like we tried like this very regimented, like school type deal where people came in like from eight to five. And we had like this amazing course outline and got real technical with contracts and like all this stuff. Okay. And, you know, tried to help them kind of get, you know, a lot of industry knowledge and like understand all the technical details. And then like in the last week we would start focusing on like buyer presentations, role playing, calling leads, scripting and stuff like that. Okay. And, um, and, and we weren't so basically trying to help them overcome the lack of confidence in their own industry knowledge, right? Thinking that yep. was the problem. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So how'd that work out? So we recruited a bunch of agents and like the next year we grew, we went from like 90 to hundred some odd deals. And okay. the following year we did like hundred, hundred, just short of 150. And that was with like a totally brand new team. Like, you know, cause we got rid of all people, everybody. And so we did 150. And, um, so pretty solid year considering we had a brand new team. I think we had like six or seven agents, Um, so we started, you know, having more success because the one key trigger we implemented was going after agents that were newer. Mm -hmm. So either they were brand new or they had been in the industry for less than two years. So that was like one kind of pivot that, um, helped us, you know, kind of improve our talent bench. Um, but ultimately like as time progressed, what we realized is no matter how many books we read on recruiting and interviewing and trying to identify talent just from like a face-to-face meeting, I mean, ultimately the odds are stacked against you. Like, you know, someone's ability to like point, you know, to to point to somebody and say, you're going to be amazing and you are going to sell a hundred homes a year, right? Like just from, you know, maybe like a couple hours together, just like in an interview style deal, like the, your, your, your odds of being able to pick that person out are like, dude, stacked against you exponentially. And so I, I remember reading this book, which I'd highly recommend anybody on this podcast, um, go, go pick up and buy it's It's called the rare find by a guy named George Anders. And this dude dedicated his entire life to finding out what makes people tick and what makes them successful. And so like, there's one chapter in the book where he talks about, um, hanging in, in a, in a tree. And he was like at this Navy SEAL training camp and he's like watching Navy SEALs from up high with like one of the drill sergeants or whatever. And, um, you know, it, 
it basically like what I kind of took from that example was like when you're building a, a team, right? A team model where it's about efficiency, your, your team members performing at a really high level right. and, you, and you providing a lot of value to your agents, you need your team members to, you know, be, I mean, basically like Navy SEALs, right? Like they can't mm -hmm. be mediocre average people. Um, if, if your business model is to have, you know, 10 to 20 salespeople, like you need every single one of those to be a badass. Right. Um, so we start like a huge shift that happened for us was um, after reading that book, we started doing two things differently. One is in the interview process. We started, you know, after we kind of went through like some basic questionnaire stuff and like tried to understand more about that person and kind of their trajectory in life and their goals and core values and all that kind of stuff. Um, we started doing like um, a, basically we, we would set up a real world setting where we would bring in a buyer's agent, for example, and we would make them give a buyer presentation to somebody else on the team as part of the interview process. Okay. And so, you know, basically what we would tell the people on our team is like, your goal is to throw objections at this candidate that's interested in joining our team okay. and see how they respond. Because the, you know, when you're trying to recruit and select people, the, the only way you're going to know if somebody has got what it takes is to see them in action. Like actually asking them questions about like, you know, what did, you know, what did your um, former manager say that is like a strength of yours or a weakness or whatever? Like that's such canned BS. It doesn't work. So you've got to see how people actually perform in a real world setting. So doing like a role play session as part of your interview process, you're going to see how people respond because they're going to treat your leads just like that, right? Like if you put mm -hmm. one of your leads or customers in front of them, they're going to do, they're going to, they're going to act that same way. So you know, when, when we would tell people on our team, like as you're interviewing, as we're doing the role play, we'd say throw objections. And ultimately what we were looking for is how do those candidates respond? And so the ideal salesperson comes back with like a question, you know, when they get an objection. So if they're like, mm -hmm. Matt, you're like, not, I just don't think you've got what it takes to be my real estate agent. Like, I just, I don't think you have enough experience. So the, the right salesperson would come back and say, well, if, you know, if you don't mind me asking, like, what does experience mean to you? Right. What more are you looking for in an agent? Mm -hmm. You come back with questions and try to identify the real core of the objection and then isolate that and try to, and try to overcome it. So gotcha. the, that's what uh, mm -hmm. the ideal salesperson does. Okay. Um, the wrong salesperson is either going to shut down and they're just mm -hmm. going to freeze or the third, the third response you're going to get is they get diarrhea of the mouth. Like they start right. getting kind of defensive mm -hmm. and they just start talking about how great they are. And like, that is right. the, the wrong kind of person to, um, you know, be trying to bring on your team. Okay. So that was mm -hmm. another key pivot was okay. like, implementing like that in the interview process. And then the third thing was, um, so we still have kind of this like 30 day ramp up process for our, uh, for our age, for our, um, for people coming into the, into the organization. And instead of getting really technical and in the weeds and stuff with like contracts and all that stuff, I mean, we do a little bit of that, but it's like 20%, 80% of what we do in that first 30 days is about getting them to actually perform, start calling leads, mastering their scripts, writing the scripts, role-playing, shadowing, and get them on the phone and start trying to book appointments and then get them shadowing other buyer agents on the team, getting them to actually go on appointments with um, leads okay. and try to get a buyer rep sign. And so actually, you know, for anybody watching the podcast, like that's ultimately like the life cycle of a real estate agent. It's like um, generate leads, 
convert the lead, service the customer, and then follow up with your past clients. So, you know, you want to see how agents do it, each of those things. So um, in that first 30 days, we have these really high performance metrics where they have to hit 75 contacts in a week, 75 contacts. A contact is somebody that you have a physical conversation with. They could hang up on you, whatever. It's just, you physically have a conversation with them. And so what we found is, is like, um, I guess as an analogy or, you know, just to give an illustration, um, there's a movie called uh, G.I. Jane with Demi Moore. Have you seen that? It's been a long time. Yeah, it came out a long time ago. I mean, she's basically like training to be a Navy SEAL. I keep going back to this Navy SEAL example. Um, but when she's in Navy SEAL training, like they have this huge bell. And as guys are going through, guys and gals are going through hell week, like they can just peace out and ring this bell and say, I'm done. Like, I don't want to commit to being a Navy SEAL, right? Well, so like when we started implementing this process in the first 30 days, where agents had to actually start doing like 80% of the job of an agent, right? Which is like, you know, generating leads and, and converting them into appointments. And we made that like the primary core of that 30 day ramp up, like basically on week two and three, like people started, you know, in a sense, ringing the bell. Right. Like I'd have people come to me and say, you know what? I didn't realize this is what real estate was about. Like, I just, I had no idea how much of a time commitment it would be to like prospecting on the phone, yeah. and like trying to get face to face with people. And then like, I just, I don't enjoy prospecting on the phone and talking to leads and mm-hmm. try to convince them to meet me face to face. Like they just, you know, the average yeah. person thinks like you come into the industry and people just walk in the door and they're like referrals. And like, mm-hmm. you can't build a big business off referrals only when you first get started as an yeah. agent. Yep. So, um, literally that was like the game changer when we started, um, you know, basically getting people on the team that performed at a really high level. And so mm-hmm. just to give you an idea, when I say high level, what I mean is like my average listing agent, um, is selling between 75 and 125 homes by the, like just by themselves. And then our, um, buyers agents are selling, I mean, worst case scenario in their first year, at least 25 to 30 homes. And again, these are brand new agents, um, in their first year on the buy side. Okay. So uh, I think those are like, you know, the three key pivots that we kind of learned was like, you know, number one, find people that are new to the business, don't have bad habits, super hungry, um, implement like, you know, like kind of a role play as part of the interview process. And then third, put in place something in that 30 day ramp up where people are actually going to be like super immersed in what their day is actually going to look like once they're going to be an agent trying to get clients. Makes total sense. Um, I I like the, uh, I like the role playing part. Um, there, there's, there's a lot there, but that, yeah, that definitely resonates with what I've heard other people say. Um, that's something that when I hire, you know, anybody from my team, it's always, they, they start off with an actual real world test of, uh, uh, either doing at the actual work that they'd be doing a, a small sample of it. Um, and I'll even pay them to do it. Uh, if I have to, I mean, just, just to get the, just to get the real world experience of what working with them is like, and just get past the interview process where they say anything to, you know, to please you essentially to, to make you happy. Um, and then the immersion part. Uh, so you're essentially setting up almost like an apprenticeship system within your team, right? So are they assigned to one specific person? Is there a system set up where they're going? Like, how are they shadowing agents and how is that set up? So in the beginning, it was just, we had a buyer agent team leader, which was Brad. Um, like I mentioned, the dude does the co-op. He does a lot, but yeah. Yeah. And the beginning, like he was, having, um, he was running like the training and recruiting and, 
you know, doing the role playing and like getting people, you know, to start getting them on the phone and like listening to them and, you know, and then he would personally make calls too. So he, um, you know, that's how it started out in the beginning. Um, now, because like our goal now is like my next, the next, um, the next book we write, mm. I want it to be on how to scale a team to 3000 mm. transactions. Like that's my big hairy audacious goal okay. to, um, scale a team to 3000 transactions. So, um, like the organizational things we put in place over the last year have changed a lot. Like I've started putting in these very key leaders Mm -hmm. and then we put in place a a full-time recruiter. Um, I I've had actually that person for a while. It's just, they would wear multiple hats, but now like we have one person that that's all they do for the last basically two years, we've had a full-time person. That's all they do is recruiting. Um, uh, and, um, Forgot my ADD kicked in. What, uh, my- uh, going going back to how they were assigned. Initially, it was Brad. They were just kind of shadowing yep. Brad. Mm-hmm. Now that and Brad stepped into higher role and he's doing more more operations and more management, more leadership. Yep. So are they following? Are they shadowing key buyers agents that you just feel like are leaders within the team? Exactly. Yep. So that what I meant to say before my ADD kicked in was. Uh, <laughs> Basically like we dedicated like a full-time lead coordinator slash trainer. And so our um, full-time like trainer leads that 30 day kind of ramp up now. And like, that's her full-time job is like spending half her day leading that, um, that ramp up process for new agents. And so she's teaching them best practices. She's teaching them scripts. She's teaching them how to use all the systems. And then um, she spends the other half of the day, uh, listening to them on the phone, listening to other agents in the office on the phone, like mm-hmm. listening to the recordings and how they sound and the scripting and, and objection handling. And then she's also um, going into our different uh, lead generation tools. And she's making sure that the agent she hired the previous 30 days and the one she's working with now are all implementing best practices from a lead conversion perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a, that's literally a full-time job now. Cause like yeah. her, her job is to basically help us increase our conversion rates on our leads coming in. So, um, she kind of wears two hats, training new people coming in and then, you know, making sure that the team continues to implement best standards. Now we Mm -hmm. have a uh, director of sales who like leads ongoing training and does like weekly four one ones and coaching and whatnot for those agents. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, for a lot of people listening to this, Mm -hmm. like it's going to start out like, like, like I explained earlier where you've got, you know, I would recommend like if you're a solo agent and you're trying to build a team, like the first thing is just, you know, you're going to have to really stretch yourself and you're going to have to build um, a team and also go get out there and produce deals. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully, you know, once you've got a, um, a team of a couple people, um, you're, you're going to identify your, your partner that's going to really help you build the team. Um, so I've, I heard uh, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, right? She said, every successful organization has an empire builder and an empire protector. Mm-hmm. And so um, like Brad, for example, like he was one of my early agents and like he was the empire protector. Like he always was working super hard on trying to make sure everybody was implementing best practices from lead conversion to servicing the customer and just overall, just trying to help everybody, you know, do better on the team and was always focused on the bigger picture. So recruit a couple agents, try to identify your first empire protector or empire builder. You know, if for example, you're listening to this and you're more of the empire protector, you need to go find your, um, you know, you need to go find your empire, whatever, whatever the opposite of what you are. 
Yeah, it's yep. kind of like Captain Kirk and Spock, right? Like mm-hmm. every successful organization starting out, like you got to have both. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of mm-hmm. how it can develop in the early mm-hmm. early days, and then you can obviously add more people as your revenue grows and gets more streamlined, and you start taking off more hats as your team grows mm-hmm. and gets bigger. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's, that's the way, that's the progression that, uh, that everybody has to go through. Um, so you've had, uh, you've had the recruiter for a couple of years. He's wearing all these hats and of course it eventually kind of gets narrowed down. Tell me a little bit more about that person's personality and how, how you came across them and, and why they're in that role now of full-time recruiter. So I think your first like bioregent team leader, for example, that's wearing multiple hats, that's got to be a really special person because okay. they've got to be um, somebody that really, you know, is, is um, trying, it comes from like a servant's heart, you know, like they really want to help other people succeed. Mm-hmm. And they also have to be really ambitious and driven. Um, so uh, you know, there's, there, there's also like, there's people out there, like the empire builder mindset is like, you know, you're going to be the guy that like has your face and name on everything. And like, you know, it's not an ego thing, but like you want to be the, you know, the one in charge, if you will, like really pushing the envelope. Right. Um, that's kind of the empire builder, Well, your empire protector is kind of a toned down version of that, but wants to help with like processes and, um, best practices and things like that, but still has Mm. an eye on the bigger picture. Right. Sorry, again, um, hmm. your original question. I don't know if I did a good job answering it. But. <laughs> uh, the full-time recruiter. Um, yeah, because yeah, we, so we want to focus on, I think people are very curious about how, because this is the challenge that everybody faces. If you, if you overcome the challenge of, okay, what is, my, what is my lead generation system, right? Yep. So that's what every agent, every solo agent, and every team leader struggles with that. But the, one, the fortunate ones that really power through that phase and they, they spend the money, they spend the time, they invest the sweat to figure out what that is. Yep. They're like, great, now I have more leads than I can handle. Mm-hmm. I cannot multiply myself fast enough, right? So yep. then it becomes, how do you build the system, right? Yep. Now it's not about lead generation from homeowners and sellers. It's about lead generation for, for, uh, for recruits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about that. Like, what is the full-time recruiter doing? What is their personality like? Let's start with just who they are. If yep. you had to go out knowing what you know now, let's say you started over from scratch and you're building a team, you've got some of the other pieces in place. Mm-hmm. What's the personality profile that you would go look to hire right now for a full-time recruiter? Okay. So a, f- a full-time recruiter is spends a vast amount of their time on the phone trying to set appointments. Um, so like we'll probably, di- I'm sure we'll dive into this, like lead generation tools to like generate mm-hmm. potential talent to join your team. So there's like, there's, there's reactive lead gen from a talent um, perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's proactive lead gen. Right. And you know, when you don't have a big brand like in your city, it's, it's hard to get, um, you know, highly talented people to join your organization and recognize your name when you're running ads on sites like indeed.com, Craigslist, career, you know, career builder, monster, whatever, um, Facebook ads to recruit people, whatever. Um, it's harder to recruit people. Your results aren't going to be as good when you have a, um, when you don't really have like some dominant, you know, name within the community. So your first recruiter has to be really good at inside sales, and okay. so kind of the, the personality profile is going to be somebody that's got, um, got, has got the gift to gab, like they're high eye. Mm-hmm. They love like connecting with people and they love, um, you know, building relationships and okay. but also is very driven. So an ID personality profile is, is really ideal 
for a recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, so relationships and results, yeah. that's, that's what's really important. And so, um, right. Again, so in other words, you're saying that, uh, just to step back a second. So like it, cause I asked you if you had to start over again, mm-hmm. right. So you're saying like your first recruiter should be someone that's really good at inside sales because you don't have the brand and you're getting less of the, you're able, you're, you have to do more proactive than reactive and stuff like yep. that. Right. Is exactly. there a point that you feel like you cross where your name gets big enough in the city where you can have someone that isn't quite so inside sales heavy as your recruiter, they're more relationship driven, or should you always have someone that's just pounds the phone? I think you, honestly, you have someone that is constantly always pounding the phone. What ends up mm-hmm. happening is as your brand and there's more, just more awareness in the real estate agent community, um, as time progresses and that awareness is created, it just makes the conversion of like mm-hmm. potential appointments to meet people face to face improve dramatically. So like right. when your recruiter is on the phone, like proactively calling people and they say, Hey, I'm with the, you know, uh, Chris waters team in Austin, Texas. Like they're like, Oh yeah, I hear him everywhere. Like I, I know he's like the, got the number one team in Austin, Texas. I'd love to, um, to meet with you and learn uh, more about your program. And, you know, I, I didn't think you guys hired new agents. Like that's the common response. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. People hmm. don't, people like, people don't think we're hiring new agents for some reason. So, okay. um, anyways, so yeah, I mean, you'll be surprised like why people don't reach out to you once you actually start that's building. So weird. Yeah, yeah. Like we're so steeped in that we run in this all day, every day. And I would have never thought of that. Um, yeah. Cause we're like, like we're so focused on like, yeah, we got to find agents that are in the business less than two years. They've done less than less than 10 or 15 transactions. Like we know that. And then I, yeah, I don't even think about it in terms of them coming in and going, Oh, I could never work for that team. Yep. They, they, there's no way they would hire an agent like me. And we're going, no, you're exactly who I want because you don't have a ton of bad habits. So please yeah. come apply for my team. Yep. Uh, okay. All right. So you're reaching out to them. So what's, what's the ask? So, um, yeah. I mean the value proposition. Yeah. Is, the value proposition training. for the appointment. Yeah. It's, I mean, you can't really get into the training. I mean, what the kind of the silver bullet, if you will, is, uh-huh. um, our leads telling them you have the opportunity to yeah. give them leads okay. that, um, are very high quality and, um, will help them grow their business. Like that's the, the silver bullet, if you will, that's going to get the face to face meeting with them. But ultimately what, what makes agents successful is not the leads. It's having right. great leadership in place to like help coach and train those mm-hmm. salespeople to capitalize on those leads. So, well, and this is, this is the, the struggle, I think for anyone that runs, whether you're running a real estate team, it's still a coaching organization, but I think it's especially obvious if it's a pure coaching or consulting organization because you're selling the ability to get other people results. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've been thinking a lot about this lately where people are so like people are drawn in by the tactics and we know on the back end that it's not the tactics that gets them results. It's different strategies, different mindsets. It's all, it's all the inner game stuff. It's all the mental stuff. Like we know that the problem is you can't sell them on that. They have to, you have to give them the tactics they want first get them in the door. Then they realize, Oh, wait a minute. I can't just do this one little tactical thing and solve the problem because I've got all this stuff on the inside that's going on. Now they have to like feel that problem. You can't sell them on a problem. They don't feel like they don't have. Does that yep. make sense? You killed it, man. I mean, that's okay. dead on for sure. Yeah. So that's, I think that's a struggle because we, we knowing what, what's best for somebody, we still have to sell them what they want, knowing on the back end that we're going to lead them through a process to give them what they need. 
Yeah, you know? exactly. All right. So, so you have to, you have to give them the right carrot on the end of the stick. So you're selling them on leads. That's what gets you the appointment. Yeah. Um, so give me an idea of what the interview process with your team looks like. So, I mean, obviously like in, in the beginning, again, you don't have a lot of brand awareness. Like, I mean, literally I would open up my computer and like mm-hmm. show people the leads. And I, and again, in the beginning I had kind of an open door policy. Um, but as things, you know, as things, uh, you know, progressed, I started being a little bit more, uh, cautious with who I hired. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, ultimately, like, again, I mentioned earlier, like you can try do all these different, you know, implement all these different processes to interview people, mm-hmm. but like be a little bit basically, okay. The num- the number one requirement is make sure you hire someone that's full time and fully committed to real estate like eight to five, they can be plugged in. So that's like mm-hmm. the number one thing I want to find out in um, the interview process is if they can make that kind of commitment. Okay. Uh, but then, you know, you can be a little bit loose in your hiring process. If you have this very rigorous 30 day ramp up process where you're not afraid to fire them if they don't perform and okay. you've got to be really strict to make sure when someone do- doesn't hit these metrics that, you're letting them go. Cause number one, you're going to look like a horrible leader. If you set these expectations with everybody right. on the team and then you don't let them go. Um, and then you could also potentially fill up your organization with all these very mediocre people. Yeah. Um, so that's the key thing mm-hmm. in the interview is, um, find out that they're full-time committed, you know, uh, there's, there's, um, some other things we look for, like core values, for example, like try to drill down to like, what do they really value as like a human being, mm-hmm. you know, like, do they have a passion for people? Are, are they humble? Are they coachable? Like you try to identify those things in the interview process and do your mm-hmm. best. There's some great tools out there to do that, um, that you can use as a questionnaire. Um, but you know, ultimately it comes down to seeing them actually perform. And, um, you know, um, uh, so mm-hmm. our, our initial interview, I think it's, you know, it's very, how it was back then compared to now vastly different. Mm -hmm. Um, I would try to encourage people like when you go meet someone for the first time, just try to put yourself in the shoes of a buyer or seller and just like wonder how would you feel like if you were meeting this agent, right? Cause like if you send that candidate lead, like that's probably how the consumer is going to feel when they meet them. So Mm -hmm. very simplistic approach. Like if you were the customer, how would that candidate make you feel? And so that's kind of how we approach the first interview. And then if we yeah. want, and, and then if we want to keep the conversation going further, then we dive a little bit deeper, um, potentially with a follow-up interview and try to understand them more as like, you know, from a core value perspective and like what their kind of long-term career goals are and trajectory. Um, and then, and then we offer them a opportunity to go in this 30 day kind of trial basis where we'll give them all the tools, um, you know, the, the training they need to like kind of get going and then um, these very high performance standards and that they either hit or they don't. So, right. yeah. Love it. Cool. I love it. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the idea of building into the interview process, the very things that will expose the stuff that you don't want. And Jeff has a great example. I wish he was here to share it. But one of the things that they asked the recruits to do in the middle of the recruiting process is to read a book. Now, how easy is it now, nowadays to read a book? You can get the clip. I mean, you can go online, you can listen to podcasts by the author. You can listen to the whole freaking thing on audible if you want. I mean, it's a lot easier. It's not like doing a book report in high school where, you know, you might get caught by watching the wrong movie. Um, you know, Yep. so it's, it's interesting to see that stuff like that, you know, 
people that you would have thought would go through that process and be gung ho about it, they won't make it through something simple like that. They won't mm-hmm. read. They won't. They can't discipline themselves to read or to even listen to something on Audible for a few hours to do something that they claim they're super committed to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm like that. That's one of the things that I think Jeff is super smart about building th- something like that into there to just expose how committed somebody is. Because if they really want to succeed, that's something that they should be doing anyway. Yeah, right. They should exactly. be coming to you and they've read a book before they yeah. got to you. And this should be just like, Oh man, I should, this is a cool book. I should read this. Yeah. Uh, you you want stuff like that. You want them to be already exhibiting the behaviors that you want. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that example where you want to see what their natural reaction is when somebody throws an objection at them. And it's so perfect because you're looking for somebody in this situation, it's a salesperson. You're looking for somebody that just has, when they're under stress, they have the right reaction. Yep. And I think that's, we lose sight of that a lot. Literally, you just gave me a huge nugget. I'm going to go implement that in our 30 Oh, the day. book thing? And yeah, I'm surprised you and Jeff didn't talk about that already. Yeah, I'm yep. going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, to... I think he makes them read the one thing, if I remember right, which yeah, is which is very great. readable. It's relatively... Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's a bunch of illustrations and it's certainly not a dry... It's not like he's asked them to read like uh, managing the professional services firm or something like that. It's, it's yeah. not super, super high level business stuff. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's a really good, a really good thing that Dude, I like I about their interview process. I'm share that with our team. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. good stuff. Um, okay, cool. So let's, um, there's one last thing I wanted to get into just because I know the bigger scheme of what you're, what you're doing around the country and the book and how you've, mm-hmm. have, you basically systematize what you've done and you're creating a package that other people can plug into. So tell people real quick, kind of, in the big scheme of things, what makes the systems that you've built for your team in Austin that you feel like people can plug into and reproduce in other markets? What are a few of the two, maybe two or three things that really set you guys apart that you've built and systematized that you're really proud of? I mean, ultimately it boils down to one thing. Like, yes, there are all like the number of deliverables that we give to our uh, the people we partner with to help them grow their comp- their companies and their respective teams. Mm-hmm. The deliverables is like mind boggling. It's like a seven page Excel spreadsheet of like line items. Like it's an mm-hmm. ungodly amount of things we're giving our partners, listing presentations, buyer presentations, an online training platform to help with like your inside salesperson, your listing agent, your buyer's agent, your transaction coordinators. Mm-hmm. Like dude, the list goes on and on of all this stuff we're like giving to our, um, to the people we're uh, partnering with. Um, but ultimately like the, the one thing, speaking of the book, the one thing, the thing that makes all that unnecessary is having a proven roadmap, um, and helping like coach people through that process. So they know when exactly to implement what to get the results they want. And, uh, in a much faster, um, uh, much faster than I was able to do. Yeah. Um, so, so like, um, for example, uh, the, the gal we partner with in, um, Amarillo, um, she, you know, grew 300% in her first year. Like I, you know, uh, my first year of starting a team, um, we grew, we grew to just drive hundred transactions like she did, but mm-hmm. I wasn't profitable. Uh, I mean, I was profitable, but like my net income was horrible. Um, okay. I had 15 salespeople do like just shy of hundred deals. And she had, she had two, two salespeople and an assistant do just shy of a hundred deals hmm. um, in her first full, full year. And so she was crazy profitable. She's um, you know, was really disappointed about identifying her first like buyer agent team leader. Um, so, you know, ultimately like the single one thing is it's, it's having a partner that's been through it and knows the journey better than anybody else. Um, you know, there's, there's a, uh, there's, you know, there's other books out there, uh, real estate specific, 
And a lot of the information collected in those books is like surveyed data, right? Like from a lot of different random people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then it's all like compiled into a book. Um, and, and then there's, um, so that, you know, there's books out there people could read, right. Uh, to try to learn how to build a team. But it, again, it's very segmented. There's, um, amazing coaches out there like you guys. And I, I think you would agree with this. Like every coach, uh, coaching system out there, like they really have kind of a specialty, right? Like some are really good at, uh, mm-hmm. lead generation and marketing. Some are good at, um, processes and systems. Some are, uh, uh, great at, um, sales training, like just, you know, mm-hmm. working with your sales team to understand. Yeah. They all, they all have something They have a, like a core competency. Yeah. There's yeah. a core competency. And so like when you're trying to like build a team and navigate this, you know, very windy road, like there, it's a very segmented industry. Same with technology. There's like mm-hmm. a gazillion different technology applications out there and you can go waste and burn so much money testing things. And, we've already done all that heavy lifting. Like we've tested every single system imaginable. I've, I've personally spent North of $5 million just on lead generation, just on lead gen testing everything imaginable. Like literally, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I'm always running across new things to test, but like mm-hmm. everything you could probably throw at me, I've tested and I've, I've wasted money on, you know, and, and, <laughs> right. and in the hundreds of thousands like per campaign. Yeah. And so you know, like mm. that's the the real value to people we partner with. And I keep using the word partner and that's being, that's like been getting thrown around a lot the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what we created was um, we developed a franchise system. So like I, you know, I remember like um, when I started the team seven years ago, um, you know, I, I went and like looked at all the different franchise systems out there. Remax, Coldwell Banker, Century 21, Better Homes and Garden, ER, like there's tons of them, right? And like, I read their manuals and, you know, they give you these three inch thick books and like, you know, it's kind of the recipe and, you know, ultimately Mm -hmm. like they're teaching you how to get really good at recruiting and building a massive organization with hundreds and hundreds of agents. And it's all about agent count. So like everything you get from the franchisor, like you're paying Mm -hmm. for all their deliverables or whatever is all to help you recruit massive numbers of agents. Yeah. So like I couldn't find a franchise system that I could join um, to have a shortcut to success, if you will, for the team model, right? Like there's not a franchise system you can buy that is 100% team driven. It doesn't exist. Like if someone throws one at me, like we could have a debate about this because mm-hmm. um, there's one that a lot of people bring up, but there's, it's not in 100% alignment with helping people, um, build teams and they don't, the franchisor doesn't personally have a team that is kind of like this research lab, if you will, like testing all the different things that are coming up as time progresses mm-hmm. that help you grow and expand your business. Hmm. So our goal is to find other people around the U S um, basically get them on as a, as a franchisee. We give them every single deliverable imaginable to build their business. We give them the roadmap and then we help coach them um, to implement that roadmap. I still would encourage like any of our um, partners or franchisees to go hire a a coach like you guys, you know? Um, So like, you know, we're not drilling into like one specific activity of like improving lead gen or improving, um, you know, sales. Like we're basically giving them, all of these tools, um, documentation, HR related stuff, um, telling them, you know, which technology tools to go get, yeah. like giving them all the ingredients to bake the cake of a successful team. And, um, uh, and then, you know, basically telling them, okay, you need to implement this now, 
Okay. Now move, now you're, now you're at this stage, implement this. Like in the, in the book we wrote, this is literally, uh, you know, this is not some like BS, uh, ebook. This is over 200 pages. It took us almost a year to write. And it's like, it's my, um, it's my journey of like building a team and mm-hmm. I've got all my failures in there and all my ahas. And, um, so our goal is to, you know, this is kind of like a blueprint if you will, but our goal is to, with our franchisees is to provide like a super high touch, high level, um, you know, kind of partner relationship where we're helping them build their business and go from ultimately captain everything, right. Wearing all these different hats to an ownership mentality where they legitimately own their office. And ideally they have a sellable asset that they could go sell off to some company, Mm -hmm. not a team or whatever that's built underneath someone else's organization, right? Like it's, you own the office, you own this organization, like all the things that you've implemented, like you own, and you could easily go sell um, to somebody else. So that's ultimately um, what Mm -hmm. we're trying to do. Cool. And how do people connect with you to learn more? I think the first thing is probably um, go buy the book. Um, It's, it's a WIR book.com. Like I'm not in the business of selling books. Um, Like you and I were talking before the podcast, Mm -hmm. like I wrote, like literally we wrote this book because we had, we had so much success with um, uh, these two partners in um, Amarillo and San Antonio. We were like, you know what, like, how can we get this out to the masses, this very Mm -hmm. refined system that we developed, how we can get this to the masses. And there was this hole, in my opinion, in the franchise world. And so we wrote the book to find other amazing people to partner with that just have this, you know, unquenchable thirst to, you know, build something great and, um, you know, are, are coachable and, and humble and kind of exude kind of the same core values we do, just being very resilient, driven, fiercely committed people. Um, and so, like, the book was kind of like a way for us to connect with um, other people across the country. And, like, ultimately, our goal is ho- hopefully you, you read the book and you like it and you're like, man, this is over, you know, this is kind of overwhelming. And it is. Building a team is freaking overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, you're wearing a lot of hats and it's definitely stressful and it's not easy. Um, I think in fact, like the first chapter of the, um, of the book, like I'm telling people all the reasons not to start a team because like, it's freaking hard. Like it's not easy. It's stressful. You're wearing a lot of hats and it's not, it's not an easy feat. There's just, there's not that many like crazy successful teams across the United States for a reason. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you like what you read in the book, then I'd love for you to reach out to us. Um, I basically like started opening up the door for our office here in Austin to people mm-hmm. um, about two months ago. And like, I have people flying in from all over the United States coming here and shadowing us like our team. Like mm-hmm. they see what our inside sales guys are doing, our recruiter, our team leaders, you know, our agents, they get to see everything that um, we kind of do and um, get a feel for what it is we're, we're doing. Um, Cause you know, it's, it's one thing to like talk and like, you know, say like, I've got all this, you know, A, B and C things going on. It's another thing when you actually like walk in the office and like you see people in the weeds and like actually implementing all these tactical things and like going through the motions, um, taking action. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So read the book. If you like the book, reach out to us. Um, my, uh, personal number is in the book. (laughs) Like I'm, we're not out there like actively pushing the book, right? Like I haven't even put it on Amazon or Kindle or iTunes or any of that mm-hmm. because like, I want to know who's reading the book. Cause like I'm, I'm looking for people that want to grow and build like an amazing organization in their respective city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
Yeah, I mean, I'm you're not gonna you're not gonna see this book um, in the airport or at Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally written for people in the industry only. Like, it only mm. makes sense to people in the industry, right? Um, you know, yeah. So I, I'd invite anybody to come to Austin, spend some spend the week with us, and um, you know, if it's a win win, like I'd love the opportunity to work with anybody and help them grow their company. Cool. Love it, man. That's a, I like, that's an interesting strategy. We'll have to revisit that and see, see if you like it, like going that direction versus having it like mass available. Cause they're, they're two very different strategies, but I yeah. like, I like where your head's at, which is, I want to know who's reading the book and I want to follow up with them and I want to have it I, I, that you want control because it's, it's a completely different type of reason to write a book, right? You yeah. want to use it to attract the people that you want. So anyway, very fascinating with that. Um, guys, just to wrap things up for us, for the team building podcast, make sure to uh to subscribe on youtube itunes stitcher all those places uh if you're interested in more information about what we do uh both on the the consulting side the live stream program the uh the team building workshops that we do uh, at jeff's flagship office in omaha go to elite real estate systems.com and uh, so that'll do it for this particular episode chris appreciate it um hang out with me and then uh, we'll wrap things up sounds good man thanks for having me on